0: Welcome to the New Clothes Podcast. This is where we are creating a space for our brokenness, yet remembering that God uses broken people just like us. We are laying our shame at the foot of the cross, and we are walking courageously in our freedom. We are standing on the promise of Zechariah 3, 4. See, I have taken away your sins, and now I am giving you these new clothes. Whew! Satan, you don't get to win today, we are forgiven, we are free, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. So, let's get started, friends. I got new clothes, don't you want some too? I gotta tell you what so today we are here with margie bryce and she is the host of the crabby pastor podcast i love that name margie introduce yourself to us
1: (laughs) (laughs) sure sure thing i am uh margie bryce and my podcast is called the crabby pastor um you know what's interesting is none of my friends came to me and said, "I really I don't understand why you would call yourself the crabby pastor." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said that, which I thought, "Okay, that's telling." Uh-huh. But anyway, um, you know, I if you do Enneagram, I'm kind of a one and so I'm a little um crabby. I've been crabbier at other times, but you know, I'm pretty pretty chill today. So that's always a good thing. But my um, idea for the podcast is you don't want to be a crabby pastor if Mm. you can help it. Now I say that this is a podcast for ministry leaders. So that's a little bit broader than just pastors of churches. It is anybody um, that God has given to you the responsibility over even one other person. Okay. You're a ministry leader. Mm -hmm. And so what I like to say then is the first step of leadership is to lead yourself well. Right. And you have to do that then if you expect that anybody's going to follow you.
0: (laughs) So, so really when you say crabby pastor, you're talking, you're really ministering and coaching you could be coaching Sunday school teachers or superintendents or worship leaders or missionaries or um, just the person who is volunteering at the the halfway house or the woman's shelter or anywhere that you have leadership over somebody.
1: Other people. spiritually. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Any of that, any of that. And I think um, one of the main criteria then for anybody who's going to be coached um, is that you have the idea that you need somebody journeying with you Mm -hmm. and that that's something or I need help. I need another perspective. I need somebody walking with me. Um, and that takes, it does take a level of humility to -hmm. do that. And that's, that's a good thing. Humility is a good thing. So it's pretty much anybody that is Willing to open themselves up to another person to, you know, coaches don't. I know you have you thinking baseball or any other sport where there's a coach. Um, what coaches want to do that's consistent between that kind of coach and and what I do is um I'm going to want to draw the best out of you. But coaches don't tell you how to do that. I wouldn't tell you exactly how to do that. But what I do is listen deeply and ask uh, questions to help you get unstuck, to help you in a transition, to help you um, hear yourself. So it's really easy to get tunnel vision and hang in the tunnel where you're at. And it just takes someone else coming along, asking the right kind of questions to broaden your perspective and your thinking um, in relation to what it is that you're uh, wanting to talk about during that session but a key thing for me is is the self-care piece and having someone journey with you instead of trying to do the lone ranger piece is a type of self-care because god made us to be gifts for one another and the people that are trained coaches Um, understand that, uh, what we're trying to do is walk with another individual and help them to broaden their perspective and get unstuck and, uh, help their help to enhance their ministry. But we don't tell you how, um, we do draw it out of you. How's that? Um, that's kind of the role.
0: Pastors need a pastor, right? So many pastors can feel alone. I think mm-hmm. for coming from my state, living in Haiti, being a missionary, I feel very isolated because of everything that's going on in the country. I have friends, other missionaries here that live within five miles, but I can't see them because there's gangs in between us. So we become very isolated and can become very alone and can become, you know, that can be depressing and that can be, that can be very hard. And you don't know where to share that with, and you don't, it's hard to, you can't share it with the people necessarily. You can share it, but um, they don't necessarily know how to bring you back, right? Or, or to ask the right questions. So what would you say to somebody who's feeling very isolated?
1: Sure. And, you know, that is a component of leadership. Leadership is a bit of a lonely road to start with. And then if you are female, shout out to all the ladies in ministry out there, um, that can isolate you even further because numerically, there's not as many of us, so we can right. tend to feel even, even more alone. Um, and so it is important that you have someone else. And what a coach provides is a safe place for you to be totally honest. Right. And everybody needs that. Everybody needs that, you know, some, um, ministry denominational structures, you know, you would have a district superintendent, or you would have some kind of supervisor that you would report to. And maybe that's not the place that you want to be totally honest about everything you're feeling and sensing. And sometimes it's our own inadequacy, whether we really are enough. For what God has called us to. And so the advantage of having a coach and having that gift of self-care by having someone journey with you um, is a great place to be totally honest um, with another individual. And it that can be very life-giving process as well. So it is, it is a lonely uh, journey and um, you need other people. And today we have zoom (laughs) today we have other you know social media for all of its quirks and i get annoyed with it from time to time and whatever but um you you still can make some connections with other people that are gonna help bring you out of whatever um depression or however you i remember during um covid somebody posted. In one of the groups I was a part of, that they were uh, just feeling bad, and you know, it was. So I hopped in there and said, "Hey, I'll facilitate a Zoom if we want to." You know, so I had a group of about five ladies or so, and we would meet once a week. And some of them were serving as uh, pastors, and they were in very rural communities in the United States, and they felt very isolated because they were in very, very small town. We're talking about teeny tiny towns. (laughs) And uh, Mm -hmm. I think even though we we met together for almost a year, almost, but it became a lifeline uh, for them to meet like that.
0: Yeah. So one way that we could be, we could help ourselves in that, in that caring for ourselves is when we can't get together is, is maybe set up these Zooms, maybe set up these times where we can get together and just chat. What, what would
1: be some coaching tips that you would give? One thing I would say about that is the real easy thing to do is just to sit and wallow in it. And, and I'm good at that. I mean, I have the right temperament and everything that that I could just sit and wallow and feel sorry for myself and have a pity party. That is the easy thing to do. The, the smart thing to do and the wiser thing to do is just to reach out to somebody. I mean, there's enough, um, say Facebook groups that you're a part of, um, that you could at least get another person on, on a zoom or something and reach out to them and just say, be honest. I mean, I'm always willing to connect with anybody. I always have um, an initial conversation with anybody I'm going to coach with that's that's free just to chat and say, hey, how are you doing? No, really, really, right. how are you doing? And yeah. sometimes um, in some of the Christian structures that have, you know, where you have a DS, they're running around right now, you know, in this post-COVID ish sort of era although i still think we're feeling the effects of um living through those couple of years there and um they um they're busy running around trying to help churches you know i always say that they're the fire department they run around and they put out fires so if a church is under great stress and duress and there's you know nonsense going on that's where the attention goes And often those DSs are supposed to be the pastor to the pastors, but they end up actually spending a lot of time putting out those fires. So then who is the pastor to the pastors? And I would say that coaches can help fulfill that role of asking, you know, how are you doing? No, really, how are you doing? One guy that I did a, and I think it's called back from burnout story on, uh, on my podcast. And he talked about all the things he was in a group meeting with pastors and he finally just cracked and spilled his guts about everything that was going on. I mean, he, it wasn't just COVID. He was in a small rural community, but this is somebody with more than 20 years pastoral experience. And he had um, I think the death of a granddaughter and other family members. And he's trying to cope with COVID and he's crawling up a ladder to at a nursing home to read some scripture to one of his congregants that's dying in the nursing home. Wow! I mean, it just was, he, and he shared all of that and nobody in the whole zoom, including his supervisor who was in on the call, nobody called him back afterwards and said, how are you doing? Right. Hey, How Really, how are you doing? So I would say too, to be on the lookout and be on alert for when the people around you that you know are struggling, um, say something, you know, call them up, call them on the phone, text them and say, really, how are you doing? Yeah. How are you doing? And that seems to be, I'm not sure why, but that seems to be A struggle for people so you know if we notice that i would encourage that as well
0: i think that's a great advice for the congregation as well right is that we would see our pastors as human people (laughs) and that they aren't on this pedestal they're not (laughs) perfect they have struggles in their marriage Mm -hmm. and really they're probably in some ways attacked even more than the congregation because satan doesn't want them to lead the people And so they might be having some hidden struggles that nobody knows. And if nobody's knocking and saying, if there's nobody in the church saying, pastor, I see you, pastor, I care about you. How can I pray for you personally? How can I, you know, what would you, what would you offer advice to the the congregation? If we were talking to the congregation today, because pastors can't say this to their congregation, right? Well, let me, let
1: me say this piece because I, no no they can't and 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 they in many instances they probably shouldn't but um one thing i would say to congregational leaders you know people that are on it whether it's an elder board an advisory counselor or however your structure is um, i would say number one give your pastor the gift of a monthly coaching session. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. I, this is not a campaign for me personally. I mean, I'm, I'm an accredited and trained coach. This is any accredited and trained coach, I would say, um, to give your pastor that gift so that they have that safe place where they can be totally, totally honest. Um, and as far as to a congregation, um, you know, I could have a lot to say, about self-care even to individuals sitting in the congregation and questions you know i could ask a question how long has it been since you've been on vacation how often do you take vacations oh. what about your pastor because somehow that's seen as a a bad thing in certain um in certain areas i don't know not geographical but you know, just certain churches, Yeah, it's, you know, you're not supposed to need that kind of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. well, let me tell you, if you ignore uh, self-care, that is a recipe for burnout. Yeah. And it takes a while to come back from burnout. It really does. I led the merger of four and a half churches Southwest of Detroit. That was my last pastoral assignment. And, wow. um, <laughs> The model was there were all the churches vacated, their buildings. We worshipped in a school for four years while we hunted for a location. Mm-hmm. Finally, we found that location. It needed renovation. So there's a construction project. We I was bent on getting them to be missional. So there's a community needs assessment or survey process. That has to go on we were required to have a capital campaign for the construction by the entity that was granting us not granting us but loaning us uh money in addition to regular church duties wow. so i i have been there and done that on mm-hmm. the uh burnout trail and it does take a while it takes a while to to just sit and do nothing boy, that's hard. It's harder than you think to do nothing. It's harder than you think to do things like slow down. Um, And, and that just kind of reminds me that I I'm having a a zoom book study on a book called the unhurried leader. It's about pacing your life in the Mm. pace that Jesus goes. Okay. So there's a lot of aspects to self care. It's not just, you know, eat right, get enough sleep and exercise. Mm. It has to do with, Sewing into your body which you know you look at look at scripture look at psalms it we're little blades of grass and we're gone here one minute and gone the next you know and that that's that's who we are so we have to take care of um the equipment to that you know the bodies that god has given to us so that we can go the distance and and I would say, especially in this transitional time of ministry where the Holy Spirit is asking us to do some new things,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: church is being um, reassembled, and I would say there's going to be new ministries arise from within churches alongside of churches, and in some cases, independent of churches, um, that the gospel, the method of distributing the gospel is going to shift and change. And so you have to hear the daring call of the Holy Spirit. And you have trouble hearing the daring call of the Spirit if you are running like a crazy person on the hamster wheel. So that is my charge to uh, those who have the entrepreneurial spirit. For those who have uh, even a more of a traditional church mindset. For those who are out on, um, we have to slow down so that we can hear these new things that God is asking of us in this very challenging time.
0: Yeah, that resonates with
1: me because.
0: That's something that I struggle with. It's I have to always be doing to If I'm not doing enough, am, am I am I really worth the my missionary pay, right? My <laughs> if I'm not doing, doing, doing.
1: But, pay. right? <laughs> exactly. that was air quotes. That was air quotes. Because
0: right?
1: <laughs> so, um, we don't do it for the money anyway. <laughs> no,
0: no. But you you yeah. know, you have that I have to be doing this, I have to be doing that. And if I'm sitting for several hours and just resting in like constant and, and filling myself with the word and in sitting in the Holy spirit and just mm-hmm. having that prayer time and having that one-on-one time, I can say like, Oh, my Lanta, it's getting too late. I should be doing. And, and it can be easy. Oh yeah. Right. To yeah. just not take that time to fill yourself. I can totally understand what you're saying
1: because that's, that's all doing versus being. hmm
0: And you feel Mm. like it's easy to think, well, if I'm just studying and praying and not just, but I'm not doing. And so then I'm not quote unquote enough, or I'm not doing enough. And it's really, I found as I release into that, that no, that is enough because that's what gives me the power to do what I'm called to do. If I don't, if I don't have that time, if I don't slow down and have that time, I don't have the power within me. I don't recognize it. The Holy Spirit's still in me, but I can't hear it as well because I'm going so much.
1: Well, the power, you don't have the power and that's, you know, we can think about power like stamina, but if you're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is active in creation Hmm. and in creating new things. So how creative are we if we are not standing still long enough to hear the whispers that the Holy spirit is, is whispering to us of, you know, because God doesn't, you know, people like to talk about, Oh yeah, God took the two by four upside the head. So I would you right. know, <laughs> pay attention, but it, it, you know, you look at that passage about Elijah, where it's the mm. still small voice mm-hmm coming to us yeah. and you know I've been you know I've run like a lunatic I'm a doer by mm-hmm. nature you know do this do this do this and I'm moving and I want to be effective and efficient and strategic and and I've really analyzed everything but at the same token I have to make sure that I slow down enough to sow good things into my heart before I say st- I have to be right the person God needs me to be and I went on a retreat and um I went uh, and I just you know talked to this one spiritual director and told her everything I was doing la 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 big list yeah you know could barely squeak it all out and I said so what are you gonna have me do is my question to her right you know I mean this is that's a North American way what are you gonna do I do yes I'm gonna do and she says, you are, you, <laughs> she pointed to me, you are going to do nothing, which at that moment, I thought, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I need instructions. Yeah. And she repeated it. You're doing nothing, nothing this afternoon. And I was like, okay. So I went back to my room and I was kind of, I was literally confused by this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, really? That's just where I was, where I was like, this just short circuited my brain. How do you do nothing? And guess what I found is beautiful grounds. It was a uh, Jesuit retreat house. It was beautiful grounds. So I thought I'll walk around the, the grounds, I guess. And I found a hammock. There was a hammock. I spent a whole afternoon in the hammock doing nothing. Wow. And I refer to that as my time in the holy hammock, ah. just being because God doesn't love me for what I do, right? God loves me for who I am. That's a being mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I just needed to somebody needed to jolt me and <laughs> I just stop. But it's harder than you think because it's easier for us to go, 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 go than it is for us to just, okay, I have to slow down for a minute. I have to sow good things into my heart and into my soul so that I can be the person that God has created me to be. Mm -hmm.
0: How much is a transformed life worth? Did you know only two out of 10 students will make it all the way through high school in Haiti? But even though Haiti is in a humanitarian crisis, there are children who are learning how to dream. We want to invite you, to be a hero in a young student's life. We want to invite you to sponsor a high school student so that they will continue to attend high school. They won't be part of the statistic. They will learn critical thinking and leadership and hands-on skills, and you will be empowering them to make the change that we all want to see in Haiti. We invite you to come along. Go to www.reachoutlefond org give there you can set up a monthly payment or a one-time payment but we would love to have you partner monthly with us would you be a hero do you think that that's part of our our struggle with our self-worth and our value like i have to be doing these things because that shows my value it shows what i'm good at And just to sit and when she said for you to just do nothing, what was your biggest struggle? Was it, if you looked at it deep, why was it hard for you?
1: Well, because I wanted her to give me an assignment. I mean, I'm the eternal student, right? Right. Here's what I want you to study. Here's what I want you to work on. Here's what I want you to read. Here's what I want you to, you know, sometimes I can be too utilitarian about life. Like, okay, how am I going to use this? Instead of just enjoying Mm -hmm. being out in nature, enjoying a walk, enjoying um, God's presence, enjoying standing. I like a water, you know, at the seashore, the tides coming in and out and just enjoying that Not right now because I'm in Michigan and it's 25 degrees outside, but and I don't enjoy the cold, but. (laughs) <laughs> but it's pretty right after it, it snows. I'll say that. You know, yes. I guess I'll give it that. But, um, but yeah, we just we have to just, and that is a struggle. It's a struggle for me to not do, because uh, it proves to me my worth. Mm-hmm. God doesn't look at us that right. way. You know, if you don't do X, Y, Z, and A, B, C, by the end of the day today then you're not valuable to me is not God's perspective. We try to put our ideas about that um, ahead of God's ideas about that.
0: And I think even the world's, you know, like we prove our value by doing and people seeing us, even though we don't want to say like, look at me, there is that aspect of I have a value if, if, if somebody says, wow, look at all the things you did. You know, you listed all those things to the person. I do this and I've done this, you know, and, and we, we receive some type of a, a value. It's a fake value, right? Because our value is in the being, but um, it's learning to release and recognize, I think that our value is just in that being. And that's where we can sure. release it and recognize that it. it doesn't matter what somebody thinks if they think I'm doing enough. If they think I'm, and I think even with that for pastors or missionaries, that can be a freeing thought too is, is I don't have to worry about what everybody else thinks. If they think I'm doing enough, I have to worry about what is the Holy Spirit calling me to do in order to do that. I have to sit down and rest, you know, but we can, we can look for a value absolutely in this world rather than wait. It's just what the father thinks of me. It's really that's, that's where I need to worry about not sideways.
1: Right. Sure. And if you neglect your self-care, you will become crabby. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might be, and pastors are trained to do this. It's called the non-anxious presence Mm -hmm. where you, no matter what's going on, you remain calm. And that's a, that's a good leadership skill to have. But have you ever stood in line, say, at the grocery store, you know, and you say, I'm going to be very patient here. You can see there's a lot of people in line in front of you. And then all of a sudden something's going bad with the checkout process and, you know, but you're still serenely standing there, but you're thinking, oh, good heavens, do you not know how to work that machine? Why did you get in this line? If you don't know how to work the self-checkout, you know, you're, you're saying all these things and you can just feel the crabbiness kind of rise, but yeah you know, to look at you on the outside, nobody would ever know mm-hmm. that you were crabby. So you want to be sure that your is integrity, the outside and the insides match up. And so you want to be attentive to your self-care so that you can then offer your best, offer your best to Jesus.
0: I have never heard that. So that's an interesting thing to me that you said that the pastors are taught to keep that remain that silent, that that still, that calmness. Mm-hmm. How do you, in some ways, as would you say, in some ways, that's like stuffing things down, and then you have to have a time where you release
1: it. How do you? But I would that, agree with right? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, you want in in moments of great challenge in the church, you know, when stuff is going down, you know, you need the leader to remain calm and saying and affirming, you know, it's going to be okay. This is challenging. We are going to work through it, you know, it in working with your situation. But then you do. That is where it is um, great to have a coach, a place where you can say, you know, I wanted to pick up a chair and, you know, bash him over the head with it. I mean, Jesus would not approve. And we all would agree that Jesus would not approve of that. Right. In but any we way, all shape have those form. feelings, right? Yes. And so you need a place where you can say that and then have somebody ask you some questions to help you uh, maybe process it out loud. Some people like to process out loud and help them come to a better self-understanding so that what how are you going to handle yourself in the future? What do you think about this situation um, rang your bell and got to you? Um, and ask those different kinds of questions instead of, you know, leaving a person to just beat themselves up, which I can do most effectively by myself without anybody's help, Um, beat myself up and, you know, oh, I'm a bad person. I'm, I shouldn't be in ministry. I am no good to myself. How can I be any good to anybody? You know, we can all do those kinds of negative trips. We can all speak worse to ourselves we would never say stuff to our best friends that sometimes we say to ourselves and definitely jesus probably would not say half or more of the stuff that you say to yourself um jesus would never say it to you
0: i agree with that there's there's times where i have come and i've looked at myself and it's interesting to me because as a young missionary i've been I've been in Haiti for five years. The first um, two years was just living really. And then I stepped into the role and you can have that, like what they call imposter syndrome, right? Like, why could I, why would God choose me? I'm not Mm -hmm. even, I'm still dealing with this or, or I have this problem. And I just lost, you know, I lost it on on this person. And, and yet I'm supposed to be the one leading. And, and here you are along a veteran pastor and you're still saying those same things. So I think that to me, I think that's a lie that Satan puts in our head, right? Like we're the only ones oh, that yeah. are are going through this or you aren't enough or you, you know, he just speaks those things into us. And it's so easy to believe that when we know the real truth. And I love that you as a coach, you're a safe place, right? Is what you're saying. And I know sometimes, Mm -hmm. I just have to say, I just need to say it out loud to somebody. It doesn't mean it makes it better. It just, but somehow it helps release something inside of me that I've spoken something out loud. This really bothered me when this happened or, Oh my word, it feels like I'm losing it all. And I don't know. And you can't say that to your congregation. You can't say that to your, your donors. You can't say, you know, I feel like I am losing my mind today, but keep donating. (laughs) Right. You have yeah, to. Have... Right. Right.
1: right. <laughs> you... It's going down the toilet. Send money now. Send money you know? now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I can't, I can't imagine, um, you know, people on the mission field, I'm kind of a wimpy traveler mostly. <laughs> so, so, um, <laughs> hats off to anybody that travels, especially where they don't speak English, <laughs> which is a good part of the globe, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's challenging and you do doubt yourself a lot. And I think that is a normal part of ministry, but it is, it is again, helpful to have a place where you can say that and you don't have to think, Oh my goodness, this is my supervisor. What is this going to mean for me? Um, that I've just bared my soul like this to them. And Oh boy. Um, so that just gives you that place. And then, um, A coach is helpful for uh, accountability and uh, for helping you be strategic. You come at every session and you have a sheet that you filled out that you say, I want to talk about this. So there's usually a topic and that can change, it's not cast in stone, but then um, we start there and go from there and we work to have a practical solution. At the end, you know, the question is usually something like, OK, as a result of our conversation, what are you going to do or what changed your mind, your thinking on this? Um, so there's always a practical piece at the end that mm. we want to help our people. So it's not it's not totally just a nice chat where you can offload. I mean, that's a part of it. But it's more constructive than that, and a coach is going to want to lead you to and towards some solutions um, that you can do. Um, you're going to come up with the solutions. You sure. people come away from a coaching session feeling like they did the heavy lifting, and that's absolutely correct. Okay. They have done the heavy lifting, yeah. um, and that's if you have a good coach. They will ask the right kind of questions to help you with whatever situation or issue or, um, thinking that is just where you're stuck, where you're stuck is, is usually a good one to help get you unstuck. Um, if anybody out there has ever been stuck before,
0: (laughs) never, never been stuck.
1: No, (laughs) never. (laughs) and you don't want to stand up front of your congregation and just say I'm stuck today so right I think it was anything I have to say
0: I read I think it was a book um Craig Gorshell had wrote and he said Mm -hmm. I was I came to a point where I thought how can I how am I going to make up a new message what am I I how do I just keep going and he felt you know stuck of of I don't know what to preach anymore I feel like I've preached it all or I feel like you know, and that might be a time where somebody comes to you and says, oh, "I got this block, right, or I, I have this. I don't know what to do." Absolutely,
1: yeah. And sometimes that's just that, that. would be an interesting session with somebody, yeah, right. It could be, it could be that that simple. And again, you don't want to stand up in front of your congregation and say, "Well, I've said everything I want to say to y'all, so I'm done now." <laughs> I'm Done. You know, I guess I got go to go somewhere else that? to repeat my <laughs> sermons. <laughs> yeah. It's called recycling. Recycling, that's right. That's right. Isn't recycling good? No.
0: That's what I've heard. That is what I've heard. Well, you know, we have to hear the same thing several times before we actually really can apply it, right? And I, I think God does that even sure. for us. I feel like when He's speaking to me on something, I feel like I get the same message from several different places, you know. And I think that is because we do yeah. need to hear things more than once. It doesn't doesn't seem good necessarily the first time. It might.
1: But right. Well, church is reminders. Yeah. Mostly. I mean, for the people that have accepted Christ, it is, it is reminders. And and I always think about the year that um I lost my mom and she passed away. And it was almost a year later, the pastor did a sermon about healing. And it dawned on me and uh, there was an altar call at the end and said, anybody that wants healing, come forward. And I thought, I had been so trapped in my grieving Mm. that it didn't even occur to me. It did not come to me to ask for healing. This is, this is why people who are grieving or who are hurting, you know, we should not leave them alone Mm -hmm. to themselves because sometimes they are so trapped in the emotions and living through the challenge of the moment that they can't even think of what i thought was christianity 101 come to christ and ask lord heal me right. help me to heal help me to you know i couldn't even think of that right. so yeah church is a lot of reminders and i just listened to a um went to a sermon uh, sermon on this past sunday it was about feeding the 5000 and it was about you know, the disciples had their eye on the problems, the problem here, mm-hmm. you know, we need to have our eye on Jesus. And I thought, cause I had been staring too much at my problems. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I needed to hear this again. So right. church is reminders.
0: That's true. I like that. I like the way you said that because you're, you're right. It's just, every time you read the word, it's not like it's something brand new that you found, but it's just. God says it to you again and maybe he said it in Matthew and now you read it back in in Joshua and you know you read the same thing he's speaking it might be a total different story but he's speaking to you the same thing it's like oh yeah oh yeah we have battles for oh yeah but God is in control oh yeah this is this right so I, I know like it's that. not
1: that we don't know it and I just coached with a, a church planter that was challenged with well, how do I preach then if I have people who haven't even accepted Christ, but they're kind of seekers. And then I've got some veterans in the group. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're going to ask, you're going to do what you need to do, which is go to God and say, you know, what, sh- what do these people need? And right. don't be so worried that you're offering something Christian one oh one because we need that reminder. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a Christian and I won't tell you how, many years <laughs> a lot a big number a big number and you know but still i had great appreciation for that sermon on sunday that reminded me stop looking at your problems so much yeah. and look look to jesus right you know? well, I'm i am like oh duh like i shouldn't know that but right it's just so easy to say? get caught up in the worries
0: <laughs> of the world though and you know, we see that that's our day to day. That's that's the news that comes in, that's our our media feeds, that's our all these problems that are around. And and it can be easy oh, yeah. to just start looking at those problems rather than looking at the savior. You know, the, and it even the psalms has said that I will look at you even though there's these these um the enemies bas- are encamped. They're, they're all around me. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, like they're all around me and you know, like the uh, the traps you know, and I thought, oh, it's not a watch out. We don't have to necessarily watch out where we're going because God's got that. We have to just watch God and like, let him lead us because he sees the problem to the right and to the left. He knows they're there. And if we look at those, they look Mm -hmm. big, but if we look at God, he's going to maneuver us around them and he's going to take us through. And he said, those are the ones who have victory. Those are the ones who look to me, but yeah. So how could people, if if they say, you know what, I do one, one best in my pastor. I want to give him a coaching session. Or or there's a pastor listening, or there's a missionary listening. How do they connect with you?
1: Uh, my website is margiebrice.com. That's M A R G I E B R Y C E.com. And that would be one way to connect with me. I also have a, a Facebook group called Self Care. And sustainability and then the number four mm. ministry leaders. So that's on Facebook. And you could connect with me that way. Um, so you could go to the website, and I think there's a couple places that you could shoot me an email, but my email address is Margie. This is real creative. Margie at Margie Bryce.com. Okay. Any and all those things. Um, and like I said, I always have an initial conversation because I want the individual to feel like there's a connection sure you know uh, we can work together Mm -hmm. both of us are we a good fit and um and then you go on from there perfect and we will we we will definitely put those in the show notes and i'm thankful
0: to talk with you today i i loved the things you said especially it helped me see that even long-term pastors even people who've been in the ministry struggle with the same things it's all It's just that human struggle Mm -hmm. that we have. If sometimes we don't feel like we're enough or we're that imposter or we just shouldn't. Why in the world are you using me, God? And that was to me a huge encouragement to know that, you know what, the things I'm struggling with, I'm not alone in that struggle. I'm not the only one that goes through it. And if that's the case, then I can be strong through it. I can know that God really does have I love the fact that in the Bible, he doesn't use any perfect people. And I try to remind myself of that, that there's right. nobody besides Christ in the Bible. There's nobody that had a perfect life and they use them all. And
1: mm-hmm. it's, it's, and, uh, and if you want encouragement about um, living into self-care, you could go to um, the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I'm looking um, at discussion groups. I know there's going to be a Zoom uh, book group that I'm going to be offering and that's through the, um, Facebook group. And it will go out on email if, if you're in the email list, um, that, and that's free. That's just a free six week thing.
0: What is the book you'll be studying?
1: The book is called, um, an unhurried leader and the, the podcast that just came out recently, there's two podcasts in a row where I interview the author of that book. Okay. And so then I'm going to use that book for a six week, uh, study and just whoever wants to show up. Um, you know, I, I think what I'm going for is starting to gather the group between now and mid February, and then we will, um, have the group set. And so hopefully for six weeks, we'll be able to go through that, but I'm looking at offering more things like that just to get ministry leaders together and sure talking about a community self-care
0: yeah yes. absolutely
1: mm-hmm. we all need
0: community and we need community of people yes, who understand do. what we're going through so and there's absolutely. nobody better than another pastor absolutely. knowing what one pastor's going through right so that, i think that's great right. i think it's a beautiful thing that what you're doing um, margie and the way that you are really shepherding the pastors in a way we call the coach but you know we look in the Bible and, and pastors need a pastor. They shepherds need a shepherd. We need somebody that cares for us and make sure that we're caring for ourselves so that we don't get burned out. And so I think that what Absolutely. a beautiful ministry you have. And um, we will put all that stuff in the show notes and I'll, I'll try to add those, the links to those podcasts for this book so that if, if pastors or missionaries are reading it or okay. seeing it, they could click on there. They can know what you're talking about and, um, and we can go from there. So, thank you so much Great. for your time. Great. I really well, appreciate thank you, you. so much
1: uh, for having me, Jamie. I appreciate this a lot. <laughs> I really do. So, yeah, well, I'm just Great very to blessed. Meet you. Very
0: blessed. Thank you, Margie. Have a wonderful afternoon. And if you have been listening to us today and you want to know more, uh, check out the show notes below and uh, listen to uh, Margie's podcast, The Krabby Pastor. I know there's some great episodes that you're going to love. If you are in ministry and you just don't want to feel alone, if you want to feel like, oh, wait, oh, wait, somebody else is going through the same thing I'm going through. She's going to help you out. It's a choice each day. How you gonna walk? Walk in favor. Walk in want. You got power. Power in favor. What a great ministry that Margie has. I love that she is a coach to both pastors and ministers and lay leaders. If you're a pastor, a missionary, a lay leader, and you're really struggling right now, what a great opportunity that you have found Margie. So I encourage you to check her out. If you are a congregation member And you're really sensing that your pastor could use a coach, could use somebody to be their pastor, could use somebody that they could talk to. I encourage you to invest in your pastor in this way. If Margie is not the one that you choose, look for another one. But Margie has a great gift to encouraging pastors and encouraging them in a way that um, inspires them to continue on. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you have not yet subscribed, I don't know what you're waiting for, but I would love for you to click subscribe and give the girl some love. Give me a review, type a few lines. It doesn't take a few minutes of your time, just a few minutes of your time. And it would so much help me out. It would bless me to pieces. And um, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I hope you keep coming back. And I look forward to just growing together with you.